Welcome back, Vitamizers, to the How Do You Health podcast. I'm Allison here in Austin, Texas with MSW Lounge, located in Westlake Hills. And as of last week, we actually have a second Austin location inside of Athletic Outcomes on Riverside. So we have an MSW Lounge Riverside as well. You can like that on Facebook and and follow us on Instagram at MSW Lounge underscore Riverside. I will link both of those in the comments of this podcast, but we're super excited to have a mainstay home within Athletic Outcomes now. We are working on filling out the hours for that as we are able to find nurses, but yeah, we're going to be there more often helping you refuel and recharge after your awesome workout by the top trainers at Athletic Outcomes. That being said, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by MSW Lounge. We provide vitamin shots, IVs, uh, supplements, drinks uh, to help you stay vitamized naturally and help you feel great. We are also brought to you by Slenderella, the liver detox blend created by MSW Lounge that is now a national brand. Slenderella was first and foremost formulated as a liver detox, meaning it clears out all of the extra gunk that your liver has to deal with every day so that your body can deal with excess estrogens. And when your body filters those excess estrogens out, it allows the fat cells to shrink. So we started noticing people losing weight on this liver detox blend and thought, hey, we have something here. So... Slenderella is the liver detox weight loss shot and IV blend, along with its whole line of supplements that are in pill and or powder form, depending on which one you buy. We're also brought to you by Flabs to Fitness. Flabs to Fitness specializes in 20 minute workouts you can do anywhere, online personalized health coaching, as well as social media content creation for other health brands. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. Whew. We almost stuttered there, guys, but we made it. We made it through. So today we have Ashley King on the podcast. Ashley King is a longtime client of MSW Lounge, and she's awesome. She has a super cool story about how she has helped treat her psoriasis largely naturally. She definitely has gone the traditional medical route with it. She even helped test some of the drugs like Humira, and she talks about that a little bit on the podcast, so I'm not going to get into it here. But her and John had a really awesome conversation about how she went about treating her psoriasis naturally, largely with food, and how she implements it in her own practice now. So without further ado, here is Ashley King. All right. Hi, everyone. We're live again. We're here in beautiful Austin, Texas. I am sitting here with the wonderful, wonderful guest to my right, Miss Ashley King. She is a pediatric physical therapist, right? And she has a pretty incredible story because she is here to talk about, um, can I say an autoimmune disorder? Yes. Okay. An autoimmune disorder that she has been dealing with for a while and her approach to how she's been treating it. So just a little bit of background, uh, the autoimmune disorder is psoriasis, right? right? Yeah. And um, you've talked, and for most people who don't know what psoriasis is, it's a skin 
uh, inflammation issue, right? Like it's uh, kind of a scaly, um, raised kind of irritation area on the skin, and it usually is like I think what the extensor area. So, so it's like it can the, be elbows, knees, um, scalp, behind your ears, but really can be anywhere, anywhere visible on your entire body. Yeah. So yeah. so does the psoriasis hurt? It's never hurt for me. You yeah. can have it can lead to psoriatic or arthritis, mm -hmm. which then is painful. Sure. Um, for me, it was always it was just where it got to be super itchy. Okay. Um, super itchy, and then just something that you don't want people to see. Of you course. know, right. that's all over your your skin and stuff like that. Yeah. So because it's like it's discolored, right? Like it's like um, pink. It's, it's pink, red. It can be kind of white and scaly, depending on. Um, where like how bad it is sure. um and then obviously too then the skin can flake off and so Be that's red, never yeah. um irritating um for me it started on my scalp so it wasn't people couldn't see it but then if it was itchy then it could be more like it looked like I had dandruff sure. or something like that um and then as it continued over the years um and then especially, like, about two years ago, I would probably say, like, at least 75% of my body was I had covered. Was covered. Yeah. So that means anywhere you looked, 75% of the time, you had a patch, a scale, something that right. was very noticeable. And yes. you basically were so told at one point, like, this is just something you're going to deal with forever, right? To an extent, yes, because I know it's, I mean, it's not something that you can say... It's just going to completely go away, and it's an autoimmune disorder, so you are going to have it, um, just depending on how you want to to deal with that. For the longest time, I was told by dermatologists it was only topical things, um, which never really worked for me. Sure. Um, then I moved to Austin and met another dermatologist who then introduced me to biologic drugs, Humira, um, all the ones that are... People see commercials now yeah. all the time. The very it's common never ones. On. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, so I did. I tried Humira, which didn't work for me. Um, and then started a drug study here with a company. And that was awesome. Yeah. It worked for two years. And then, unfortunately, the drugs were not working for everybody else. So the study got canceled. Ah. Um, so I just said, well, I'm going to see what happens. I was completely clear, didn't have a spot on me anywhere. And then that ended in June, probably for sure by December. So six months later, it was the worst it's ever been in my entire life. Okay, after the study? Correct. Okay, so do you remember what the drug was? So we don't, I mean, it was a... Because it's a trial study drug, so you have no idea. We never knew anything about it, except, like, they could tell us afterwards. I started working with a dietitian, and so she asked, like, what, where was the drug, what receptors was it trying to look at, and things like that, and maybe some of the properties of the drug, but there was never a name or sure. anything like that. Okay. So, so that, that's one of those things that were, because it wasn't working for most people, they just did it. Well, so and it, it wasn't that it wasn't working. It was that there were um, people were having suicidal tendencies. Whoa. So when that's 
when that's, when that's a, on there, that's definitely not something that then they want to keep going with the drug study. So for a while, like for a couple of months, every time I went in, it was filling out a survey, basically, you know, check your do mental you want to kill yourself? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny, it's funny because Balder brings that up. He's like, you know, this is obviously something I don't want to have, you know, if this is a side effect from the medication. But like... A lot of the medication commercials will say yeah. possible side effects are suicidal ideation, right. you right. know, like uh, possible thoughts of harming yourself. Like, it's just weird right. and kind of like, well, what the hell is it doing to me then, you yeah. know? And it's weird because for most companies, they'll have to alert that that's the side effect and the drug's on the market. You said this drug worked, but yet, like, there were so many more people that were having these dangerous thoughts. They were like, whoa. Maybe it's like 80-90%. We need to not even let this go into fruition right. and continue production. So, so like most... And I think we talked so about... So, what about that cut-up line? Like, well, that's what I'm saying. 40% of people trying to kill this. Exactly, system. right? Cool. So, like, at one yeah. point, do you say, like... Yeah. Because in medicine, it's like the risk and benefit, right? The risk is that, you know, she could have suicidal thoughts. But the benefit is it's going to clear up all your skin. Right. So, it's kind of like, well, there's a chance, a 50-50 chance. That's enough for us to say, let's go with it, right? right. But, the, but it must have been that with the suicidal thoughts must have been like close to 70%. Yeah. You know? so. And for me, I mean, I was happy as could be. I was like, how are you mad? Like, yeah. everything's good now, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, why, why is anybody upset yeah. about this? Yeah. So, so, we didn't know what was going on with that. And just for FYI, most people, like, they don't realize that pharmaceutical development, it takes like five stages. Like, right? Like, you have it to... It takes years. It right? takes like, years. Like, yeah. you know... 20 years maybe to get this drug to the market, right? So you probably were dealing with a drug that was maybe like a few years into existence and then didn't happen, right? So all the drugs that are out right. on the market that do say this could do this to you, this and do this to you, there's thousands of other drugs that never even get close to that. So, right. so then that left you at a dead end. Everything came back worse. So what were you doing then when it came back worse? So when it came back worse, I was just kind of like, I don't, because you're on biologic drugs. These are hardcore drugs. It's not like taking ibuprofen once or twice every day for the rest of your life. Well, so, well what are biological drugs? Like, can you tell the listeners? Oh, I don't know if I can explain it well enough. But, um, <laughs> I mean, basically, just like you said, I mean, the side effects, if you just if you just look at the side effects, you know, it could say, oh, this can affect your kidneys, this can affect your liver. Like, it's not their um, super... I honestly can't explain completely, but strong enough drugs that to be on them for then to affect that many potentially things. the rest of my life or you know or even ones when you're saying okay these are you're going to have suicidal tendencies all these side effects that are not positive side sure. effects that maybe that's not happening to me now but Could. who knows 10 years from now what then affects me okay um and so i just decided that's not what i wanted to put into my body <laughs> for sure. the rest of my life sure. um so i done research before about gluten-free helping or different diet things and whatever so I went gluten-free and then just happened upon a dietitian in one of the magazines here in Austin um Beth Barnett Bobel she's with Path Nutrition she's amazing um and so I met with her and we just went back to how it even started and where psoriasis started when it started which was when I was a freshman in college trying to kind of figure out like what caused it what triggered it to start um and then triggered it to get progressively worse um 
And then through all of those things, she really helped me figure out like what kind of, it was for me, it was much more of a nutrition thing. What nutritional stuff, what do I need to stay away from? Um, what things will benefit me? Sure. Um, and then also at, there's also light therapy, mm-hmm. which is basically, basically like a tanning bed, mm-hmm. but it's very, very controlled and titrated. So it's at a dermatologist's office. I would go in the first couple of sessions. I was literally in there for 20 seconds max. Um, so they're always making sure that you're not getting burned, um, that it's very well controlled. And then what you would do is basically put lotion on the spots where you had psoriasis. Sure. So the lotion is then the lights getting more into those spots. Um, which was a huge help. So then that was still, that was helping from the outside in while the food and nutrition was going from the inside out. Um, So it's now been two years, a little bit over two years. And I would say now it's probably, I have, stress too is also a huge factor in any of those things. Um, So go up and down, but I would probably say now I would, if I had to say how much psoriasis was on my body, I'd say maybe 5%. So you went from 75% down to like 5%. Yeah. And this is without the medications? No meds. You're not on meds right now? No, nothing at all. So the only thing that you're doing right now is your basic nutrition? Correct. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you said that it started off with gluten-free. Yeah. Okay. And so you started removing bread from your diet. Okay, mm-hmm. what started? What did you start noticing when you started removing bread? Well, back up on that. Like, what, what made you want to try gluten-free first? Yeah. So gluten, just because I the studies that I had read are lower things. You know, they're like it's fifty-fifty. Who knows? Some say some people say yes, gluten-free works. Some people say no, it doesn't. Um, and for me, being I have other friends that are gluten-free. Um, just with therapy as well, I know there's a lot of, I mean, it's up and down too, but a lot of times kids with autism as well, taking gluten out, casein out, definitely helps with their behavior and attention and things like that. And for me, it was just like, okay, this is kind of easy in a way, especially being in Austin where you can go at least kind of anywhere and you know you can say, hey, I'm gluten-free, what or what's gluten free on the menu or anything like that sure. and um and it would be easier i also i enjoy cooking and making my own meals so for me it was okay then i'm just going to look for recipes that i know don't have gluten in it and for a while it was a lot more of me not going out just because for a while i was doing a little bit of an elimination diet in a way and Diet was much more restricted, so staying at home was a lot easier than going out and having multiple options that I couldn't have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you went gluten free. You found out like, all right, I'm going to try this approach. Remove bread from my diet. That's basically what it is, right? Mm -hmm. So then, what did you notice when you started removing that? So that was it. Was hard because it takes a while. So for all of that, you know, and it's not just bread, but then you think it's. If you drink beer, it's bread. There's a lot of other things that just have wheat in them that you don't 
realize, you know, and it's, oh, yeah. Yeah. it's desserts yeah. and it's cookies and it's cakes and nuts, everything else. And so you're kind of like, some of it was just learning what to have and what not to be able to have. Right. Um, but then it also takes a long time for the gluten that you have in your body to even just get out, to get out of your body. Exactly. So, so were you tired when you gave up bread? And I'm trying to think of, like, how you felt, like, right after, like, the oh first gosh. couple weeks. That's hard. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I was, not that I was tired, I probably felt better. I think the hardest, because for me, really, it was still more of a visual, like, seeing all the psoriasis, I guess, was still hard for me. Yeah, because so, it was there, it didn't go away. And... So I don't know if I was even processing the fact that I probably did have more energy and could do things. It was still, this is just hard because I want this gone. Yeah, and, and this there. isn't gone yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the, you know, I think really the light therapy also was very helpful in that too because it was directly affecting the scales that were on the skin. Sure. You know, it's, and target, so it's target therapy. Even for me, like, <laughs> luckily this was winter time, so it wasn't as bad, but going to the gym was pants for sure, capris, and pretty much always a long sleeve <coughs> shirt. Yeah. And I didn't care how hot I got. Yeah. And that was just, I was like, that's not me. Like, that's not, you know, I'm never, I've never been that way. And so... I knew I called the dietitian the first day that I could go to the gym and like a short sleeve shirt was a huge cool. like accomplishment, you know, and I was like, it sounds silly, but for me, I was like, no, I was not, I would not take a long sleeve shirt off. Yeah. So when I could finally go in a short sleeve shirt and then eventually like tank top and stuff, I was like, yeah. this is a huge, this yeah, is a course. huge day. Of like this is, is a big, big deal. Yeah. So... How long did it take you before you started seeing a difference in your skin? So, December was for sure the worst. And then, probably, it was probably a good six to eight months. So, probably by that following June, that, I mean, things were slowly, but, like, by June, it was probably definitely getting a little bit better I know um I'm trying to think I know I had family come visit and you know you could still see like there was still a lot of redness um but it looked more almost like bad sunburn spots like sure. for me the worst was when it was scaly and white and you know it just looks um like a lizard more like yeah kind of like a lizard like a lot of just dry skin and at least the red for me, I was like, okay, maybe that, like, it could look like you just got burned sure. or, yeah, yeah. you know, or you just have some discoloration or something like that. Sure. So it wasn't um, as bad for me. And then that just continually continued to get better. Um, and the light therapy, I probably did. Oh, gosh. I'm not If I almost, I might have done it for almost a year. I don't know. I don't think it was quite that long. But for sure six months that I was 
Because I think once it was summertime, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to be out in the sun enough. I can kind of maybe back off for a sure. while. Um, but, so yeah, between the two. And then also another thing for me that was huge was yoga. So okay. I never... Um, I'd done yoga a couple times and had always liked it, but just never really got into it. And then once I knew I needed just... Because there were mornings, I mean... For those first couple of months, I mean, I probably every day could have, like, called my mom almost, like, in tears. I don't know if I can do this anymore, you know. And she'd say, well, just get on medicine. I'm like, I can't. I'm not doing it. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to do it. Um, but so the yoga for me was very much a mind. Like, I remember one day vividly telling a friend, I'm like, I can't come meet you. I have to go to yoga. I have to, like, get back in that zen yeah. place where... I'm not thinking about everything, and your body just, just be present, kind of relaxed. Right? Just be in yeah. the moment, for sure. Yeah. Um, and there were a couple instructors, too, that um, I would normally go in the mornings, and there were times I was like, man, did you know, like, what you just said? Like, I needed <laughs> yeah. to hear that today. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, just very... Just like, are you watching me? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very calming thing for me, too, that I think was really, really... It was a really big deal. Like, I really needed that yeah. as well. Because that, I mean, everything you're talking about here, it's funny, you haven't actually come out and said it, but I know mentally the stress of having that physical reaction on your body wears on you, right? And you got to imagine that I'm sure there's some sort of depression or low mood, you know, maybe mood swings, you know, maybe you're just like, you know what, why even go to the gym today? Yeah. You know, like, it's too hot. I'm not really getting what I want out of it. So I know that that has to wear down on you as well. And there's, I know there's medications for that, like, you know, like serotonin, mm -hmm. you know, reuptake inhibitors for antidepressants and all that. But it's like, you're only depressed because of your skin issues. Right. So you're like, well, what if I took care of the skin issues? Maybe I won't be depressed anymore. Right. And you're like, right. I don't want to be on meds. If I can boost my mood, I can do yoga. Right? right, yoga boosts your mood. So now you're incorporating nutrition, you're incorporating the, the light therapy, and now you're incorporating yoga. So you have three things you're doing, right? And so, um, but yet it's still eight, ten months down the road. They're not everything's gone, but it's making progress. Right. So were there like other foods and other things that you start looking at? Say, well, I'm going to try this too and add this. So the one um, other study too, because she always asked me, you know, did food change? Like what changed? in college sure. to maybe set this off and, and I told her I said nothing really changed with like a crazy diet or anything like that I said the only thing that changed was that I started drinking a lot of beer yeah a ton of beer and so then we also did a um a study to see if I had too much yeast or candida in my body because the beer I love sweets sugar all of that that's <laughs> yeah all yeast producing plus um just even being on birth control pills okay. for years um so we did a study and it said yes it's really high so then it was okay sugars like cut out your sugars yep. um you know no birth control pills was fine but the the when it's like oh take out sugars is like what do you mean like, yeah, like well, how, what kind of sugar like from where like, like what what can I, I can eat still like and I need desserts like what yeah. are you talking about and so but 
So that was harder too, because for sure, even just fruits, like fruit, I mean, I would eat at least a couple times a day, and so it was not having as many, having the fruits that were lower in sugars, more sure. berries, um, yeah. and then, you know, I really, even sweeteners and things like that, like, obviously not like white sugar, but trying, okay, do a if it said however much it said, half it or even, you know, just use a quarter of what it says. Um, trying more natural things, agave, honey. Um, and then it was, it was just not going out and not eating desserts sometimes, which was easier because there was maybe only one gluten-free option. Or if there wasn't, then I was like, oh, well, I can't do those anyway. Yeah, so yeah. kind of just made it easier. Um you know, but that was the interesting thing, too, is once I did take, and I can't, I'm not all sugar, obviously, but you took most of the sugars out, especially processed sugars and things like that, you, you don't, you don't crave them anymore, yeah. you know, so it got a lot easier, it wasn't something where... I was like, oh man, everybody's eating dessert and I'm not getting it. Yeah, you're just staring you know? at so the table, just, like, this sucks. Um... You know, and obviously it's, I'm not, it's not that I don't ever eat desserts, and you sure. kind of play around with it too, like, how, you know, how much is too much, or sometimes then you know, it's like, okay, then, and for me it's never been, because um, that was hard too, like, she would say, well, see if you have a flare-up, and I was like, well, it was never something that was an immediate thing, like, okay, I had too much sugar, so the next day I have, like, five spots on me sure. or something like that. It was always a slow thing. Um, but it was also, I just went back to her recently just to kind of do a, um, it's a, a leap study. So they, it's just a blood test and then they comes back like foods are either red, yellow or green. Gotcha. Um, so the reds you should definitely stay away from. Greens are pretty much good to go. Yellows, let's give it a while and then you can reintroduce them. Um, and so some of that, too, is also just being, you know, if you're bloated or how you feel at the end of the day and taking some of those foods out that, and some, and they're vegetables. I mean, it's not like it's junk food or anything like that, you know, but it was like sweet potatoes and cauliflower and avocados mm -hmm. and some of the things that I was like, I eat this all the time and taking some of that out, just how my stomach feels at the end of the day, um, not feeling bloated or not things like that like that's been a huge thing too and then also you know with helping some of the psoriasis parts well, well i was i was going to ask you about that because like i was going to i was going to see what effect it had on your digestive tract and you just said right now you're like i'm not as bloated um probably not as full maybe you're more regular going to yeah. the bathroom right i mean did you have digestive issues when you were when your psoriasis was as worse not that's a good question I don't know that I did but I think like I feel like I was always pretty regular but it was definitely times more like being more gassy or being more bloated by the end of the day and it was just like you I, like you shouldn't feel like most yeah. normal people don't feel this way no, they don't feel bloated they don't you feel know? Yeah. Um, and so changing some of the diet things um definitely definitely helped 
with that too, um, you know, and and knowing that because then sometimes like I'll tell somebody like, oh, I don't eat as much of this, and they're like, but it's healthy, it's good for you, and it's it is, but that doesn't always mean that it works for my body, sure, you know. So I just kind of. Yes, I know, and there's some of them like, I know, I love it, I wish I could still yeah, eat it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, and sometimes you do, you know, and then I know, okay, hey, my stomach might kind of hurt later today or tomorrow, and, that didn't agree but with I really wanted to have that, yeah. so I'm going to have it today. But you, you brought up a good point, most people, when I, when you ask about digestive problems, the first thing they think about is, oh, I go to the bathroom, just fine, but even like bloating gas mm-hmm. right like burping after a meal you're like i sh- feel like that's a normal response like after you eat like you should burp and i'm like no you shouldn't yeah. like you shouldn't feel gassy after a meal you shouldn't feel so bloated that you have to feel like you're gonna undo your belt buckle because your pants are about to explode right but how many people do you go see at a restaurant even go now and they're like oh man i'm so full i'm miserable you know I'm like that's not a good feeling to have right yeah. and so then as you were detoxing you start noticing what inflammation was going down, right? You're like, hey, I'm not as bloated. I'm not as swollen. Right. And then you start noticing, oh, my, my scales, they're not as, they don't have as many spots. You know, they're going down a little bit. So, so as you saw this progress, you start noticing changes about your body, more in tune, more aware, right? How long did it take before you finally said, I'm making some progress, I'm on the right track? And when did you know? I probably like six months in. So say... And really, I say December was the worst, but I went, I started, I was gluten-free starting in that October, probably the October before. Right, that, yeah. And then I met with a dietitian in um, November. So it had been a good probably eight months before I could, before I was like, okay, this really is going to work. I mean, and I... I mean, I felt, I strongly believe that the whole time, which is why I didn't give up, give up and say, no, I'm going to go to drugs. Um, you know, and that was a hard thing too, is trying not to do so many things at one time. Cause then you're like, well, what is really helping? Is it A, is it B, is it C or is it D? Um, but you know, knowing that after, like even after the light therapy, I was like, well, let me just see. I want to just take that part away and see what happens. And and everything was fine, you know. So, And I know if I need to go, if something happened and I needed to go back, then I could for a couple times or sure. whatever. Um, but, you know, it's it's been a huge blessing to not have to have, be reliant on drugs yeah, for sure. every day, <laughs> you know. And, yes, I did some supplements and things like that, but it was more like, I mean, I take a probiotic, but it's nothing where it's... You have to do a hundred different pills and all that. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about this before and I know you wanted to bring this up and I keep talking about the time frame, Mm -hmm. right? Because like, this was how many years ago? So in June... So I think it'll either be two or three years ago. Okay. Two, so, yeah. Two, so two, three, three years. Half, yeah. All right. Which almost seems like an eternity probably, right, yeah. for you. Like it was way back when, right? But you were dealing with this on a daily basis and you imagine you're frustrated to the point where you're saying, I'm giving up on medicine because it's not working. I don't want to do this. I want to do this other route. You go through a trial study. Eight months later, you start seeing some results. Yeah. 
So that meant for the first eight months, you were like, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing anything. Well, maybe, no, I don't know. I don't know at this point, right? So you just said, I'm going to trust the process. Mm -hmm. Which is incredible because, like, even you as a PT, I mean, how many times do you probably have parents that come up to you and say, all right, when are we going to see results? How long are we going to do this for, right? It's almost like a diet. How long, I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to do this. Like, how long do I have to diet for? Right. And it's like, well, you're just going to, it's the way you eat now. Like, you're just going to keep doing this until you reach your goals. And then after that, you're going to eat this way to maintain it. Right. So at what point did you realize that you're like, this is just going to be how I operate for the rest of my life? I think, I mean, kind of soon into it, just because I, I didn't want to go back. back. Yeah. Um, and... Luckily, I also have, you know, a very strong support system, so I could call family or talk to friends every day and complain or whatever about it, and um, they would listen, and they were very helpful, Um, you know, but it is, it does, it takes a toll on you in in that respect, too, and just having to trust the process and know that. I think any time when you're dealing with, you know, nutrition changes, diet changes, exercise, anything like that, it's, unfortunately, it doesn't happen immediately. It's not a next day thing. Um, Sometimes I think people do, if you take something out, especially a food, say maybe that really doesn't work well with you and you take it out, then you you can kind of feel results a little bit faster, but, you know... That's the whole point, even just at work for me with the kids or people that I treat, like, that want to lose weight. You know, you're only supposed to lose, like, one to two pounds a week. That's yeah. not, that's... Sustainable, a that's A good way to, yeah. you know, so yeah. when you're saying, like, no, I want to lose, you know, I'm going to lose 40 pounds in three weeks, well, unless... <laughs> I don't know, you know, you're doing, you're on the biggest loser and you, we weigh 400 pounds, yeah. like... Most people, none, that's not a feasible thing. Or you're going to, if you did, it's going to all come right back. It's not something that you can then sustain yeah, forever. Well, it shocks the body, right? Like, this is a dramatic change. Like, you alone going through all of this, your body's kind of freaking out in general. Like, okay, we've been used to eating bread this whole time. Why are we not getting bread? We're used to getting sugar. Why are we not eating sugar anymore, right? And then you're like, well, my sleep was just have been a little off. Now I'm sleeping better. So my energy's changing a little bit. My mood's changing. I mean, there's all kinds of different things. But in a society where we're a fast food nation, mm-hmm. where we have Insta this and automatic this, right? If you, if you had a client that came in and said, how long is it going to take for me to get better? And you replied, it's going to take a minimum of nine to ten months before you see results. How many people would want to sign up with you as the therapist? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not, right? But the, but that's the thing. That's the problem we have is the commitment aspect, yeah. right? Because you're saying this isn't just a diet. This is my lifestyle, right? Because right? autoimmune disorder is not going away. You didn't get rid of it completely. You're managing it the best right. way you found out how right. to, right? And so now you're saying this is what I eat in the future. This is what I eat now. If I eat this, I can expect this to happen. It might last a little bit, but is it worth it, right? right? So unless you're eating the best cheesecake from emerald you know or like maybe from wolfgang puck you know that's just basically like this is like 
the once in a lifetime chance I'm going to eat the best of the best pasta or you know cheesecake where right. I'm going to go for it. You're basically going to say, yeah, I, I can do without it, right? I think I'm okay. Yeah. I'm on track. I'm I make good progress. I don't want to you know backtrack. But for most people, they have no idea where to start. You know, you went out on your own. You started you know looking at nutrition and started understanding, but you were pretty much taught nutrition, right? You were taught this is how you listen to your body. To you know, and I ha- but. I did, but that was also from the dietitian too. It was really like helpful and do that. Hey, you need to, and it's hard. If, I mean, for me, it's still not an easy. Like, it's something I really have to kind of think about. Okay, well, what did I? Okay, if I don't feel as good today, what, what did I have? Yeah. When? Why? What would maybe have made that happen? Um, you know, was it the food? Is it also? you know, stress from work or stress from friendships or stress from yeah. from working out or stress from whatever else that's going on, yeah. stress from being in traffic in Austin, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, what, what caused that? Um, but it is, like you said, the, even clients and stuff too, is also, from, I was self-motivated to do that, like, yeah. and you have to have that motivation inside like if somebody if the dermatologist or some a doctor had told me no this is what you are now going to do all of these changes and you have to be on board with it and so I think that's and know that yes there are going to be slip-ups and you might go backwards a little bit but then you can keep going and I think for the same like even the kids that I work with some of those things or even if it's an, I work with kids, but even if it's adults and they have a knee replacement or hip replacement, there are exercises that, yes, you say no. Technically, yeah, it would be great if you continue doing these forever. Yeah, They're easy exercises to keep that new joint or to help your back or, you know, whatever it is. These are lifelong things. Um, and same for the kids as well when they leave. They have exercises to go home with, and, um, you know, some of them, yes, with their babies are younger, then no, they don't necessarily do them for the rest of their life, but um, for me, my biggest thing when they leave me, too, is to stay active and keep... Sure. Keep Cassandra says, hi, Pia. <laughs> hi. <laughs> hi, Cassandra. <laughs> it's my sister-in-law. Nice. So... I want to touch on this just briefly because I think it ties into everything you're doing. Um, you you talk about nutrition as the foundation of everything that goes on to treat your autoimmune disorder, right? And I, we have a common thing amongst everyone else is basically they treat food as their medicine, right? So this is what helps me not have to be on medication. This is what I take when I have flare-ups. I know when I do this, I can expect this. But then, you know, you've come to realize how powerful food is, mm-hmm. Right. And so I think you've said you can't but help in, you know, incorporate it into your daily practice as a clinician, right? So you deal with kids. I'm sure nutrition is a conversation that you have that probably surprises you about how much kids do know and how much little they do know about food, right? Because we're growing up in a society now where kids don't know the original source of some of their foods that they love, right? right. How many kids know what French fr- where French fries come from? How many of them know what broccoli looks like, what cauliflower looks like, you know? And so how do you have a conversation with kids 
to say, hey, this is going to be something that's also going to help your knee. This is also something that's going to help your pain. How do you incorporate like nutrition into something a seven-year-old could understand? So we've done some things. I, like I know we've had clinic openings where it's like I will never forget. We just did like ants on a log, which is just like celery, peanut butter, and yeah, of raisins. Of course. And so the kids can make them. And so this one little boy, after he made it, <laughs> he's like, so now what do I do with it? And I was like, well, you can eat it. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, but it's green. I was like, I know. And you, you can still eat it. So I, it's some of that is just, you know, learning that what are your fruits and vegetables and that those are healthy. But it's for me, it's also a little bit more for the parents, um, educating them because ultimately they're the ones that are going to be going to the grocery store, um, buying the food, mm -hmm. deciding, yes, we're going to McDonald's or no, we're not going to McDonald's. Sure. Um, so helping them kind of see some ways to, and also just coming up with other recipes and healthy ways that uh, they can make granola bars or they can try, what if you try cauliflower rice instead of regular rice or just making few small little changes to things that the kids already eat. Um, I've done some boot camps where I bring... I bring a lunch so that they can try um, try different foods that they might necessar not necessarily buy at the grocery store, um, especially since the kids that I work with are lower-income families that, you know, are not going to... Have a Whole Foods right down the road? No, and yeah. they, and, you know, are buying more in bulk. So what are things that are easier? Well, rice or things that aren't going to go bad things sure. in a can it's not when you're buying fresh produce and if people aren't eating them yeah and then it's all bad yeah. you know then that's just wasting their money too so yeah. and i think that a lot of them are smart enough to understand those options and incorporate them in it but they have never had anyone probably tell them right like mm -hmm. how many people along your medical treatment said hey if you probably give up bread your skin's probably gonna look better Right? No, yeah. they didn't say this. Like, here, inject this into you, take this, stick this here, wash with this, and then someone comes along and says, well, what if you just cut out this from your diet? Maybe it'll be better, you know? And so a lot of times with the kids and, and everyone that you treat, you're giving a foundation for them to give them health for years to come, right? Because they might hear one or two things that resonate with them. Like, they told me that green foods were good for me. Right? Right. You know, in Health Start, which, you know, you always went to the gala last week, um, they teach, uh, Health Start Foundation is a big uh, foundation, we're part of it, it teaches nutrition to kids. It teaches, um, you know, eat this food for your bones to be healthier, eat this food right. for your brain to, to work better. But then they say, like, a, a kid's plate should be colorful. Right. You know? Yeah. It shouldn't be brown and white and all that and yellow, it should be, like, red and green and blue uh, you know, blueberries and, and orange, stuff like yeah. that, and orange and all that. So if they teach the kids, if you don't have a lot of colors of the rainbow on your plate, you need to get more colors. Yeah. And so that could be something as simple that kids are remember. I remember that Ashley said, green foods on my plate are good for me. So right. I'm going to eat that, and that might help them down the road. So, I mean, I, I don't think you consider yourself a professional nutritionist, but based off everything that you've learned, you know a lot about nutrition enough to teach others how to eat healthier. Right? I, I think so. Yeah. I try. I mean, not even just with my own family or friends or 
because I like to cook and stuff, it's, let me try these recipes, and especially my dad, I just won't tell him what's in it yeah. and see if he likes it, and then after the fact, I'll say, well, guess what was in it? Yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh, wow, there was <laughs> vegetables and this and that, and it, it was a dessert, and it tasted good, like, I don't understand, yeah. and so, um, knowing that there are other ways to make healthy food, it doesn't, just because it's healthy doesn't mean that it's gross or it has no flavor or it has nothing like you can make it taste really good yep. and still be really good for you for you yeah yeah i agree that all we talk about is food we had a salsa here earlier that he makes he's a great chef uh tex-mex yogi over there makes this turmeric avocado <laughs> salsa and it's really cool yeah. because like it's green and it has like garlic in it and onions and like garlic salt and all these tons i mean it's of tons of turmeric and you can't yeah. even taste it yeah. And we got it with the uh, shout out to Siete chips. Uh, it's grain free. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because he gave up sugar for three months. So you mm-hmm. talk about giving up sugar. I know that's tough. But like even that people come and look at it they're like, what is that? That looks delicious. Oh, Baldo made it. Well, I want the recipe. <laughs> okay, cool. And so they go and they start making it. And I'm yeah. like, do you realize what you just made is a huge detoxifier? Like that could help gut, that could help liver, that could help right. brain, you know, all that. Like, really? It just tastes really good. So yeah. I get where you're coming from, educating people to the point where they understand how to listen to their bodies, what they're putting in, but then also something that's relatable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can still eat salsa and chips? Yes, you just eat these versions. Right. Oh, I can still go to a Mexican restaurant and eat the foods I want? Yes, just get a lot of green on your plate because they're out there, you know? Right. So right. I, I think that's an important thing to take away. But what's incredible about your story is this. You have helped figure out what works for you and medicine wasn't involved. Right. Traditional medicine said, here's our options. And for years, people said, because the doctor is God, the doctor said, this is the only thing I can do. This is it. Did he tell you anything about diet? Did he tell you about exercise? Did he tell you about stress? Did they tell you to meditate? Did they tell you to do yoga? Did they tell you to do infrared sauna? No. Well, why not? Because the doctor wasn't taught any of that. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, we have people out there that are basically doing anything they can to make their bodies healthier but it might not include just medication. It's right. going to include food and health. And I love the fact you mentioned yoga and how it makes you feel because I'm the same way. Yeah. So I think it's an incredible story. I think that you're going to continue this for years and years and years. You'll probably come back next time on a podcast and say, now I got this really cool cauliflower pizza recipe I've been trying out. I got to share it with you all. And if you do have some recipes, maybe you can be a guest yeah. blogger as well. Absolutely. Right? Yes. So... But, I do uh, have a coconut crust pizza that's good. You do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yes. Okay. All right. Cauliflower ones don't work. I've tried many times, but I have one with coconut flour. That's okay. amazing. So, Allison, if you're listening to this, you're going to have to reach out to Ashley and make sure we get that on the guest blog for our newsletter because yes. our listeners and our readers would love to probably use that and then give us feedback. If you like yeah. it, then maybe uh, we help launch uh, another career for Ashley here, yeah. you know, <laughs> some kind of gourmet, like, guiltless-free product or something, right? Exactly. But, uh, okay, cool. Well, I can't thank you enough. Thank I know you. it's tough for you to come out here, especially with BK's road traffic and all that for people who are in the known. But um, do you have any social media, anything that you can share with us? Do you do blogs? I do not do blogs. Um, but we've talked, and so I'm hoping that eventually I can maybe do some more things where it's... Uh, do some more boot camps and food things for the kids and the parents. So okay, well I know you'll keep you posted on that. Yes, and I want <laughs> I want you to know that we're in full support of that. Whatever yes. we need to do to help you out yes. with that. But Ashley, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll have you in the future. Thank you. Thanks.